My next guest is one of the most popular Christian hip-hop artists in the rap industry. He has won five Grammy Awards, including one win for Best Gospel Album, which is awesome, 15 Double Awards, and one Billboard Music Award. He is a philanthropist, and I call him a social entrepreneur. We'll get into that in a minute. He's one of the best in the rap game. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Lecrae. What's going on? What's going on? Okay, first of all, Lecrae, Houston, Texas. That's where you were born, young man? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's where I'm from. Absolutely. You better believe it. That's where I'm from. Fifth Ward, <laughs> Texas, brother. Just, we're just going to lock down some information about each other. Get our GPS together here, okay? Now, I was Wow, at, you said Fifth Ward. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, right there, Ro- Collinsworth exit. Oh, right, right off 59, brother. Right there, Russell and Bain Street. That's where I was born, right there. Now, here's the... Man, here's a, I'm a, my folks from Live Oak, off in Third Ward. There you go. There you go. Come on now, we're gonna get, we're gonna get so, we're gonna be in so in tune, you and I. We're gonna be friends for life after this interview. Now, <laughs> here's the beauty of our relationship. Okay, I was at the uh, Super Super Bowl Gospel celebration taping mm-hmm. in 2017, and I was sitting on the front row because uh, when you're big, that's where they put you on the front row. We sit you on the front row, and, uh, <laughs> and so and so this young man came out, you know, because uh, uh, I, I believe uh, um, uh, the mans were hosting. David Talent Man was hosting that year. Mm-hmm. And they introduced this young man called Lecrae. I didn't even know his name. All I knew was he came out and he was rapping. And I was sitting next to a person. I was saying, who is that dude? Because first of all, he looked good. And he, see, here's the thing about his gifts. Because see, gospel is rooted in, you know, that traditional look. You know, singing, you know, you know, you, you robes, got to have that choir, got to have a conductor. Here he was out there on that stage by himself, rapping. And he, I remember, I remember something he did. He told everybody to raise their hands, and I, and everybody. And this, this, this performance at Lakewood, as Joel Osteen's church. Now that's that's a former home of the Houston Rockets. You know, you're talking about fifteen, twenty thousand people up in that joint, and all of them raised their hand. I look around, and go, who is this dude? And then, but better than that, his what he was saying said something to me. His beat said something to me. And I became a fan of your talents from that day. And you didn't even know that, young man. You didn't even know that you affected a person like me, Rashawn McDonald, based on your skill set. I didn't know you were from Houston at the time. All I know is that when you stood on that stage mm. and you walked off that stage and walked down those aisles, you walked right down my aisle, I went, I wonder who managing him. <laughs> Because, <laughs> brother, you got it, man. Uh, tell us about that journey a little, just, just just a little bit about that journey because of the fact that when I was watching California Dreams, Dreaming, it, it said that it, it seemed to say that you grew up in California, but then I, my bio, your bio said mm-hmm. that you were born in Houston, Texas. Can you help me out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my, uh, you know, I, I, um, I got a military family, so of course we spend a lot of time in, in different places. Uh, I was, I was, my family originates in Houston, Texas, so that's where most of them live. That's where you know my mother's from. That's where I was, I, I started out at. Um, but we moved around, so I spent some time in San Diego, in California, and I spent some time in Denver and in Dallas. Right. And so, but uh, but Houston has always been, you know, kind of the 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 origin, the root. Come on now, come on now. Ain't nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong yeah. with having Houston as your origin, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So now, now where was where was Reach Records? Place, where was that established? You know? at? Reach Records, your record company. 
Reach Records was actually established um, uh, right outside of Dallas in, in uh, Denton, Texas. And uh, basically, what had happened was a friend of mine and I, you know, we were at the University of North Texas, um, and and that's kind of where I I had a spiritual transformation and just kind of realized, man, I may, I may need to use my gifts for, you know, a bigger purpose. And um, and so from there, we we began to start putting out the music independently. And, uh, and it, it, you know, Texas is almost like its own country. So just touring the state of yes, Texas and, yes. and, and traveling throughout Texas had had so many people uh, supporting the music, and it just kind of spilled over from there and, well, and into the to the rest of the world. And so, you know, year after year, uh, things just grew. You know, we started off independently. I remember taking my CD into stores and selling them for, on consignment. And if you don't know what consignment is, it's when you convince the store they need to buy some of your music. And I would send my friends in the store to go buy up the music that they bought, and then they would, would buy some more from me. And so uh, it's literally out the trunk of my car, and uh, we did that for years until uh, things just kind of grew beyond having to do it that way. Well, you know, Lecrae, it's really a, a, a blessing to have this conversation with you because of the fact that you affected me in such a positive way. And, and that's what I, I really mm-hmm. love about gospel music, and in your case, hip-hop music and rap. Because mm-hmm. of the fact that I'm old school, you know, I, I Tupac's my man. Okay, you know, I grew yeah. up at uh, the comedy yeah. club in Houston, a uh, hip hop comedy stop back in 1992. Oh yeah, and so my whole yeah. my whole flavor is tied to what you're doing, even though I'm an R and B guy. You know, I'm a, I'm an OJ's guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Marvin Gaye. I'm all that. And so when I so when I see you, I see I see a very gifted young man that that really is kind of like touching a person that, that's in my age group, but also younger people too. Tell me, the talk to us about the responsibility of what you are delivering with your music. Well, yeah, you know, I, I um, you know, spent a lot of time with my grandmother, who's basically like the spiritual matriarch of the family. And so there's a little bit of an old soul in me as well that, that helps me to connect uh, to people, you know, outside of my, you know, typical age range or, 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 you know, demographic, but then at the same time, you know, I was raised in the streets and I ran ran the streets as a, as a kid, and and so was influenced by a lot of that type of stuff. And so for me, I think about how do I take the wisdom that folks like my grandmother had instilled in me, and uh, and how to apply it to folks who grew up like me, who you know were looking for guidance and looking for you know different uh, models. Because I didn't grow up having models and role models. By the time I was a a grown man, you know, Martin Luther King was gone. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, all we had was a lot of confused individuals who were doing the best that they could, but, you know, they, they didn't know which way was up. So for me, the responsibility is to use my music and my gift as a tool to uh, to help people see their God-given potential and, and to understand that, you know, that they were created uh, for a, a bigger purpose than what they may know. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it, let me just talk about it before we go to break, about his his media reach, you know, his social his social media reach, okay, as well as his uh, YouTube reach. For instance, Reach Records has 742,000 subscribers, Reach Records, which is really important. And then his brand, Lecrae, has 591,000 subscribers. In his Facebook, he has over 2 million mm-hmm. followers. Instagram, over 1.5 million followers. Twitter, 1.6 million followers. Prior to my uh, introducing him, I talked about the Muhammad Ali era. That's exactly what I'm talking about. This 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 amount of media control allows him to shout out his brand, to promote his talents that could not happen 10 years ago, could not happen 15 years ago. Corporations only had that ability to be able to communicate now because of individuals like him mm-hmm. who are smart enough 
to control their brand and mass massively put it out there because the saying you got that YouTube channel, that is so smart. I have to say that publicly because a lot of people, artists don't do that and they should do that, especially in the gospel arena. When we come back, I'm going to have more to talk to them about. I'm just a fan of Lecrae, man. Rashawn McDonald, Money Making Conversation. We'll be back with more. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. My guests on the phone are Lecrae, uh, born in Houston, Texas, as he said, a uh, military child. Spent a little time in California, a little time in Dallas, a little time in Colorado, one of my favorite states is Colorado. Um, he, say, he, he said, uh, Reach Records, just a little note I got from him bio. We got into this because we love hip-hop and we love Jesus. Long before awards, plaques, chart positions, and radio play. A few guys from Texas started using music to express their newfound faith. That's that's powerful. And how how old were you at that time, Lecrae? Uh, I was, um, so my faith transition happened, I was 18, and then we really, you know, kind of got things moving around 22, when I was about 22 years old is when uh, things started taking off. Yeah, it's really amazing when you become a brand because you are a brand, and I know you're recognized in that industry. So sure, a lot of people sure. start coming to you to well, your opinions on stuff. Like for instance, uh, I read an article where you had expressed an opinion, your thoughts. That was all positive about the Kanye West uh, album being dropped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is King, and then you had a. Can you state your thoughts on that? Because it's all positive, it's all good. And but I just want to let everybody know that yeah, you yeah, become yeah. the center of conversation because of your brand and who you are. And it takes a lot of responsibilities when people come to you wanting quotes or a statement or, or writing an article. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And, you know, I, I have, I have to constantly think through all that, you know, um, and, and, and you want to be transparent and you want to be honest. Um, but you know, every platform is not the perfect platform right. to give you a full, your full thoughts on everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, for, for me, I knew that the, the bigger picture that I wanted people to know as far as Kanye's album was concerned was because we're not talking about his political stances. We're not talking about some of his commentary in media. We're, we're talking about the album specifically. Right. And mm-hmm. as far as the album was concerned, I thought that it was a, um, a very sincere project and I, I appreciated the content. I also thought that there's a lot of intersectionality between, you know, the community of hip hop artists, um, that uh, acknowledge their faith and what Kanye is doing. And I think that gives a lot more freedom. A lot of people don't recognize and realize that, you know, there's a, there's a place and a space for what you're doing, regardless of, of, of what it is, you know, artistically, there's a space for it. And that's what we had to realize. A lot of people thought there was no market for what we were doing, but we knew there was a market for it because we were the individuals who were longing for it. And right. so we created uh, the very thing that we, had a demand for and uh because we knew there was a demand we said hey this needs to be done and we did it and so uh but but like you said i have to be very mindful of you know the different circles of and spheres of influence i i I think about just at home obviously my own family then outside of my home my employees i got you know 17 employees i have 10 artists on my record label Mm -hmm. and then there's the fan base outside Mm -hmm. of that and so Mm -hmm. you're just constantly having to think through all those layers when you make and that's that's important to hear that. Uh, now you recently got the Artist of the Year at the GMA Dove Awards. Congratulations! Um, and then that then turn right around. You know, my man Kurt Franklin, who I consider a good friend. I read his article. 
about uh, how he's fe- he has felt that and has publicly said that the last two appearances that he had on that when he made comments about uh, uh, police police injustice, it's been cut away from his mm-hmm. interview. And I, mm-hmm. I watched his full post on social media when he said it. And I had no problems with what mm-hmm. Kirk Franklin was saying. And again, I asked Kirk what was the difference between, he said, you know, he said, uh, you know, gospel is kind of like the, it's set aside like the R&B of gospel. Then you have the Christian music, that's kind of like the Dove Awards. Stella Awards is gospel, and the Dove Awards is kind of like Christian music, because it's all the same music. That's what he told me. And so mm-hmm. so then, mm-hmm. then, then when I read all the article, he said, after, after Kirk Franklin said that, you went, I'm out too, even though you had just won this award. <laughs> I I I I he laughed. <laughs> he said, "I'm out. I'm out, brother. I'm out." So so, but 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 that's a powerful thing to say because it's all part of how you use to promote your brand and you, and you're trying to make music. Mm-hmm. But there's a place where you have to take a stand, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 you know when people people know you, obviously. You know, when you're talking about a brand, you're talking about um, who are your brand champions, who are the people that are your your stakeholders and that look to you to be consistent. And so if Mercedes is a brand and it starts putting out uh, vehicles that, you know, are not uh, built with craftsmanship or they're not in, um, functioning within the, within the integrity of that brand and people start to turn a side eye. And so for me, it you know I, I know my brand, but my brand is an extension of myself, and authenticity is a big part of who I am. And so I have to be authentic. And so people are anticipating and expecting me to be authentic. If I'm gonna be authentic about my faith, I have to be authentic about my views on society and social issues and issues of justice. And so this is just an extension of who I am. And I knew that there were gonna be some people who may have seen it as. Um, you know, like, oh, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? Or right. just blindly following Kirk. But no, I was backstage. Kirk and I had plenty of conversations about them cutting these conversations and cutting some performances. And we were hoping that that's, that this wouldn't happen again. I remember I was talking to Kirk as soon as he got off stage. He said, man, how do you think the speech went? I said, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I said, I felt like it, it was all encompassing and you had some great things to say. And he said, uh, well, I, I hope they don't cut it jokingly. And I said, they'd be crazy to do that. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, it was cut. (laughs) It was cut. And so, uh, (laughs) so, you know, for, for him, I understood his position and I was upset because Mm -hmm. that's my friend. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with this same thing before. And, uh, and I just thought this was an injustice. The man asked for a call to prayer for a Tatiana Jefferson Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and all the surrounding circumstances, the officer, her nephew, and uh, if you can't ask for a call to prayer on a, a, a Christian platform, then I don't know where you can, where else you can ask for it. So, Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, it, it's really. A, I just wanted to bring those two things out just to show people the full scope of who you are. That you really are a uniquely yeah. uh, uh, crafted individual, and I, and, I, and more so that I, when it comes to entrepreneurship. Because we're going to talk about uh, your involvement in the uh, in some of the projects in Atlanta, I call you a social entrepreneur sure. because of the fact that you you go in and you're trying to change the community, you're trying to keep the community intact, but you're also trying to bring business mm-hmm. and trying to upgrade. Because you know, once you increase the taxes, then guess what? Schools get better, policing gets better, the community gets better, and that's what social entrepreneurs mm-hmm. do. Tell us about the English Avenue project 
that you're involved with in Atlanta? Yeah, so English Avenue has uh, <clears throat> historically been, uh, you know, over the last uh, decade or so, it's been a, a very tough area, you know, uh, known as the heroin capital of the Southeast. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of tra- trafficking, a lot of, um, you know, just uh, tough activity going on over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hadn't been a school there uh, in years, since matter of fact, since 1996. So there's more grocery stores. I mean, there's not even, there's, not, there's no grocery stores, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a food desert. It's a school desert, and um, it's a very unfortunate situation. And so, a good friend of mine, Benjamin Wills, uh, had a vision to uh, to to see some change in that community. And you know, I came alongside Benjamin Wills, and um, and we uh, worked hard to put a school in that community. And so, Peace Preparatory Academy is in its uh, fourth year now, mm-hmm. um, adding a grade every year. So it's the first school that's been in the neighborhood uh, since '96. I also Took it upon myself to uh, to you know uh, take ownership over some of the properties down there because if you know as a black man I wanted to make sure that the community was owned by somebody who cares about the community and so um, instead of just putting up you know random things that are not helpful for the community and just trying to profit off of them I'm thinking through how can we do something that is profitable uh, as a business but then also uh, you know sustainable but it also helps the community so things like that or you know, um, places that uh, can house folks right. and they can pay rent at a low at a lower price, but they can also work in the storefront. And so you just get different uh, circumstances and different things along those lines. So, you know, there's um, there's there's stores storefronts that provide you know healthier options Absolutely. for people, Absolutely. but that provide them at at a uh, at a cost that they can afford. Right. And you hire people from within the community. Absolutely. And that, that becomes a part of the, the process of, of getting English Ave. That, that's, um, that's why you know, I established better, the, uh, the Neighborhood Award. That's what the Hoodie Awards was all about when I did it for 16 straight years, about shining the, 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 the true stars of the community. The stars are built within the community. Mm-hmm. You don't bring them outside. They're, they're gifted people within the community. We just got to shine a stronger light on it. I'll, I'll, I'll be remiss if I don't Absolutely. talk about it, your music as we close out. Is, is California Dreaming, is that your new single video out, a new single out, or, or is one that's come out after that? No, yeah, that's the latest one. We we, we okay. put that out as a summer project, you know, mm-hmm. just something for the summer. Okay, playing to, playing you know, bones in there, riding the, the 10-speed bikes, riding the little, the little banana bikes. Okay, now. <laughs> All right. What yeah, you know about dominoes, yeah. though, Lecrae? That's what I'm trying to play. Are you just are you just faking like you playing dominoes, or you really know how to play dominoes, though, Lecrae? They don't want it with me. Oh! Okay, listen, listen, they don't want it with oh! me. Oh! Okay, now I'm gonna I say so. Here's the deal. here's the real deal, my brother. Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, on Thursday. I'm gonna post Callie Truth on the Dreaming on my social media. Okay. You know, and I'm going to post it on my social media. I'm going to tell you this. I live in Atlanta. I also have a home in Houston. So you have two places you can you can you can knock me out. OK, you can knock me out. Mr. Bones. Okay. Don't want none of me. OK, don't want none of me. I'm okay. talking about some me, not right. you. Me. Because <laughs> because right. you're a special talent. You're a special talent, you. man. I want to thank you for coming on my show, Lecrae. And as you can see, man, um. I wanted to let you know that I am a fan. I, I, I wanted to do research in your brand. I wanted to tell some of your story. And it's not enough to, enough time to tell you how great and the changes you're making in the community. Just do me a favor. Don't change. Stay strong and keep being you. Okay? <laughs>